Good afternoon and welcome to Blueprint for Efficiency. My name is Michael Puckett from the Yale Center for Business and the Environment and I'll be your host today. Uh, we're excited to present today's webinar on the Federal Green Bank Act of 2014. The Green Bank model, which leverages public funding to drive private investment and reduce the cost of capital for clean energy projects, has had a lot of success in recent years at the state level. To build on this momentum, Congressman Chris Van Hollen has introduced the Green Bank Act of 2014 to create a federal green bank. This entity would finance clean energy projects as well as match funds to capitalize state green banks. With us today to explain the history and the details of this bill, we have Bill Parsons, the Chief of Staff for Congressman Van Hollen. Reid Hunt, uh, the CEO of the Coalition for Green Capital, had also planned to speak today, but unfortunately he's uh, just injured his ankle and is currently getting it x-rayed. So Jeff Shubb has kindly offered to step in in his place. Uh, Jeff is a Vice President at the Coalition for Green Capital and he'll be discussing the growing interest in green banks around the country. Today's presentation is brought to you by the team at the Yale Center for Business and the Environment's Blueprint for Efficiency which is in its fifth year of providing public webinars emphasizing the latest trends and opportunities for energy efficiency. Uh, we will have time for Q&A at the end of this presentation, so please type any questions you have into the chat window. Each presentation is recorded and available through the Yale Center for Business and the Environment website and the Blueprint for Efficiency iTunes U page. A link to download the slides from today's presentation has also been posted in the uh, chat window. Uh, more information on green banks is also available on the Yale Center for Business and the Environment website, including links to our previous, previous webinar series on financing energy efficiency programs. Uh, we've also just shared the link in the chat window uh, of the recording of an April 9th panel, Can Green Banks Revolutionize the Clean Energy Industry, held at the Yale School of Management and featuring Daniel Esty, Richard Kaufman and Catherine Smith. Uh, with that, I'll hand it over to Jeff. Great. Thanks so much for that introduction, Michael. Uh, again, my name is uh, Jeffrey Shubb. I'm the Vice President at the Coalition for Green Capital. Uh, filling in for Reed Hunt, who obviously is uh, really sorry that he cannot join, uh, kind of came up unexpectedly. Uh, I'll do my best to uh, <laughs> do a Reed Hunt impression, but for any of you that know him, you might know that that's impossible. <laughs> but I will, I'll start us off today by first describing what what a green bank is. Uh, many of you may already be familiar with the concept and understand uh, the nuts and bolts, but it is, uh, it is increasingly popular but still a new idea. So I think it's worth going through exactly what a green bank is, what it does, and how it operates. Um, and then after that, that brief intro, I'll uh, turn things over to Bill so he can explain to you uh, the, more about the, the federal legislation that we're so, so excited about. Uh, first, just to tell you who we are, uh, the Coalition for Green Capital is a uh, 501c3 nonprofit that works at the state, federal, and international levels to help create green banks. Uh, we're a little bit of a hybrid of a, a think tank, or an advocacy group, and a consulting firm uh, specifically focused on uh, green bank development. Uh, the core of our work is partnering with states. Uh, we partner either with state governments or with key stakeholders to help uh, build an initiative around creating green banks, which means 
research, analysis, and organizing outreach uh, to put together ma the materials needed to, to kind of launch a campaign to create a green bank. Uh, we were fortunate to work uh, closely with both Connecticut and New York in the creation of their green banks. Uh, in Connecticut, we helped uh, draft legislation to, to uh, launch uh, what was the Connecticut Clean Energy Finance and Investment Authority, uh, known as CEPIA, but actually as of two days ago was, is now officially the Connecticut Green Bank. Um, so that hopefully will make the nomenclature a little bit easier. Uh, we also worked with the New York Green Bank to develop their, their business plan uh, last summer, which ultimately led to their uh, initial $200 million capitalization. We also organized events like a Green Bank Academy where we invited uh, representatives from a dozen states as well as some other key organizations. Um, and we're working to uh, build collaboration between the many states that are considering green banks. So what is a, a green bank? A green bank is a state lending agency that uses limited public resources to offer low-cost financing and leverage greater private investment in clean energy, specifically to lower the cost and accelerate deployment. Uh, green banks really uh, try to accomplish two financial goals, more private sector funds and lowering the cost of capital. So why does, why does a green bank need to exist? Uh, well, there's uh, you know, a, a good number of, of barriers to private sector financing that you may be familiar with. One is that capital is often expensive in many, in many parts of the clean energy market, whether it's uh, mid-market energy efficiency projects or uh, you know, not optimal credit uh, customers for residential solar. Uh, capital can be really expensive. And in some cases, it's not even available. There just are gaps, so financing gaps in the market where private capital is, is not offered for certain customers. Um, in addition, the, the, uh, much of uh, especially energy efficiency, but also this, um, distributed generation, these projects tend to be small and disaggregated, which uh, makes it hard and expensive for large financial institutions to, to underwrite and uh, frankly just doesn't really uh, create a lot of interest because of the large scale of investments they're, they're used to uh, offering. So green banks can help in all three of these ways. They can lower the cost of capital uh, they can do that by directly lending uh, public sector funds at lower interest rates and at longer term. Uh, but they can also use credit enhancements to bring in private sector funds at much better terms by offering uh, loan loss reserves or guarantees. More private sector funds can come in uh, at better rates. Uh, green banks uh, can facilitate increased private sector financing, specifically through uh, credit enhancements and other creative uh, funding mechanisms that bring in more private sector capital than the current grant schemes can. And finally, they really serve to animate private capital markets uh, by combining some of the tools I just named, as well as serving as uh, loan warehouses uh, to, to aggregate uh, small projects uh, to make it uh, more attractive for private investors to be able to come in and either buy the, the warehouse or eventually work towards the securitization. So what do green banks actually do? How do they, how do they implement this? Well, green banks uh, are, can be a really flexible tool in terms of the, the products and services they offer. Some of these that you see on the left, uh, I've mentioned um, credit enhancements like loan loss reserves and subordinated debt, uh, direct debt. Uh, they can warehouse and securitize specifically to help drill, build that bridge to uh, more, uh, more sustainable and larger private sector support for the space. But also standardization and data collection are really key uh, green bank activities. As more private sector money comes in, private sector investors become more familiar and more comfortable 
investing in the space, but some really key steps that GreenMate can address already is helping to standardize the process around financing. There's a lot of discussion around lack of, uh, lack of standardization, lack of coordination among uh, different financial entities, which makes uh, underwriting complicated and expensive and presents a really high barrier for private investors to enter into a space. Uh, and there's very little data available on project performance and loan performance. Uh, green banks can uh, help in both of these ways. Um, by participating in, in multiple transactions, green banks uh, immediately have access to a tremendous amount of data that can be pooled uh, within a green bank and possibly across green banks. And uh, standardization, uh, whether green banks are uh, creating their own standards and implementing them or uh, working in partnership with ongoing efforts like the ones at NREL to create standards, uh, we believe green banks can uh, at the very least be a really effective mechanism for pushing those standards out into the market. Uh, also, you you know, there's a lot of really creative uh, structures out there like on-bill financing and PACE. Green banks can be mechanisms that uh, through which financing is delivered using on-bill and PACE. They're, they're very complementary. In fact, uh, in the Connecticut Green Bank, one of their most successful products is a commercial PACE product. Uh, and that's uh, really a great way to address uh, the commercial market that's uh, been underserved. Um, and on the right, you can see there, there's no reason to limit the kind of technology or the kind of market um, that, that green banks work in. Uh, in New England, oil to gas conversions is a really key issue. Uh, Multifamily, low-income energy efficiency is a, is a really key space that green banks can help address. Uh, so again, it's a, a, flexible, a flexible platform that we think green banks can, can work across multiple markets. And why would uh, why would a state want to implement a green bank? Well, it creates a, a truly a win-win-win scenario. Consumers win, state government wins, and private investors win. Consumers win because they're getting cheaper clean energy and they get it with no upfront cost. If you don't have to put down a single dollar today, then you can get uh, solar on your roof for, for less money on a per kilowatt basis, kilowatt hour basis than you're paying through the utility. That's a pretty good deal, and green banks can enable that. Uh, by extending the term on energy efficiency, efficiency loans especially, uh, they create a much more appealing profile for, uh, for a consumer because the savings can better, the, the profile and the term of the savings can match up to the payment. And finally, just simply more projects become viable. As the, as the cost of capital is reduced, the overall price of clean energy is reduced, which makes more projects come under the threshold of uh, being economically viable for consumers. State governments are, are huge winners in this because they can start getting much more efficiency uh, per public dollar because they're leveraging private sector funds. Uh, grants can and do leverage funds, but uh, with uh, mechanisms like credit enhancements, uh, green banks can draw in even more private sector funds. Uh, and in Connecticut, for instance, where they've been at this for a couple of years, their, their leverage ratio is about 10 to 1 for private to public funds. So they're, they're doing excellent, uh, getting really efficient use of their dollars. Uh, very importantly, loans can be recycled. This is uh, kind of intuitive, uh, but a really important fundamental aspect of green banks, that loans can be recycled and then re uh, used to re-leverage more private funds. Uh, grants go out once and uh, don't come back, so they're, they're a lot less expensive. And so we see green banks as uh, fitting into a, a broader trend of moving from grants to loans. And then finally, private investors uh, are, are huge winners from this because uh, green banks help de-risk investments. Uh, through credit enhancements, green banks and uh, private investors can 
start playing in markets that they may have been uncomfortable in and know that they have a little bit of security standing behind them with Green Bank. And again, the standardization lowers the barriers to underwriting and it facilitates Green Bank activity, as I said, really facilitates growth towards secondary market development with securitization and ultimately allowing the really large untapped pools of institutional money that are very patient and low cost to start playing in, in clean energy markets. And as I said, and it shows at the bottom, the, the goal is for a green bank to actually put itself out of business, whether it takes 10 or 20 years. If a green bank is, uh, is effective, it draws in enough private capital at reasonable enough rates that green bank activity isn't needed anymore and the private sector can, can fully support the, the clean energy activity. Uh, and finally, before turning to the, to the federal initiative, I just want to recap the uh, tremendous amount of momentum and interest around the country in green banks that's really been uh, swelling uh, by the day. Uh, as I mentioned, Connecticut and New York both have green banks. Connecticut's been up and running for several years and is off to a tremendous start. The New York Green Bank is officially open for business. And as I said, they have about a little over $200 million in the bank and they're on their way hopefully towards a full billion dollars in capitalization. They have an, an open-ended RFP out to the market uh, right now looking for ideas, looking for the private sector to offer their ideas for how the New York Green Bank can, can help the market grow. Um, there's also really uh, great Green Bank-like programs in other states. The Hawaii GEMS Solar Finance Program is, is really using many of these Green Bank concepts. And similarly, the uh, Pennsylvania Wheel Energy Efficiency Finance Program that, that's uh, now officially live and open for enrollment for any other state. And then the New Jersey Energy Resiliency Bank as well, which is um, very much looking to use limited public sector funds to leverage more private sector capital. Uh, very similar uh, principle. And there's many other states in the pipeline. California, there's, a, there's been a bill introduced in the, in the state Senate to create a green bank. The Maryland General Assembly has passed a bill directing the uh, Maryland Clean Energy Center to conduct a study of the viability of of a green bank in the state. And our organization, CGC, is working with many other states uh, that are considering this. We were launching a, a partnership with Minnesota to explore the possibility. Uh, we're uh, in conversations with Vermont, New Hampshire, uh, Nevada, Washington, Colorado, all states that are at varying levels of consideration but are, are aware of the idea and are reaching out to us for help. Uh, so there's a, a really no better time to turn back to the, to the federal level for, for federal leadership on this issue. Um, as the, you know, the saying goes that uh, this is a laboratory for democracy in this country and the states really are, are proving that out with, with the Green Bank model. Uh, so with that, I'd like to uh, turn it over to Bill who can provide a little bit of the uh, context for the, the Federal Green Bank Act of 2014 and uh, fill in some of the details. Uh, Jeff. Thank you very much um, uh, for that introduction. You, you, you teed this up uh, beautifully. Uh, I also want to thank the, um, the Yale Center uh, for Business and the Environment for hosting today's webinar. Um, uh, Jeff and, and Reed Hunt and the, uh, the Coalition for Green uh, Capital uh, for their thought leadership uh, on this and, and everyone who's attending the webinar for their interest. Um, the slide you see in front of you uh, is the Green Bank Act of 2014 which was introduced on April 30th. Uh, it has a, a companion bill in the Senate introduced uh, by Senator Chris Murphy. 
we're, we're HR 4522 in the House, and uh, we currently have 11 co-sponsors, and the, the companion bill in the Senate is S 2271. I do want to, for purposes of table setting, um, uh, point out that this is actually round two of this effort. Our uh, uh, Congressman Van Hollen's involvement uh, on this kind of initiative really began um, with conversations uh, with Reed Hunt uh, back in 2007 and 2008. Those conversations um, uh, uh, came to fruition when we introduced the Green Bank Act of 2009. Uh, I will tell you that at the time, um, this concept of a federal green bank uh, enjoyed uh, fairly broad bipartisan support. Uh, it, it, the, uh, the nomenclature then was the Clean Energy Deployment Administration, uh, or CETA. Uh, the, uh, an amendment uh, establishing uh, a CETA uh, passed the Energy and Commerce Committee uh, in the spring of 2009 uh, uh, by a, a pretty wide bipartisan margin. And uh, in the Senate, uh, uh, Chairman Jeff Bingaman, uh, then Chairman Jeff Bingaman, and, and Senator Lisa Murkowski, a uh, Republican from uh, Alaska, were working on their own uh, CETA proposal. The, uh, the House uh, Green Bank uh, provision was ultimately incorporated into the American Clean Energy and Security Act, uh, colloquially known as the Waxman-Markey Bill, uh, which did pass the House, uh, the full House of Representatives, in the summer of 2009. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that legislation did not get out of the Senate, uh, and so we do not yet have a federal green bank today. Um, in the interim, as uh, Jeff has, uh, has detailed, there is a growing momentum and movement in the states to use uh, this kind of policy tool. Uh, and in response uh, to that movement and that energy, uh, and also I think from Congressman Van Hollen's point of view, uh, I, I, he's always called out three major reasons uh, why uh, he supports establishing a federal green bank. Uh, and the first is that there is a, a, a global clean energy race in the 21st century. Uh, it's projected to hit uh, uh, half a trillion dollars of economic opportunity uh, and head upward from there. He thinks we need to win that race. Uh, and for, for fans of the, the, the Pew, uh, the annual Pew report uh, in this area, uh, we have been knocked off the uh, top rung by China uh, as of last year, uh, and uh, Congressman Van Hollen is convinced this is uh, an area we need to win uh, in the 21st century. Um, the, the second issue is um, he believes that if you ask the average person on the street um, if, whether they would prefer uh, traditional dirtier forms of energy or clean energy, if we could uh, ensure that the clean energy we provided was abundant uh, and reliable and affordable uh, and didn't cost them uh, anything more than uh, what uh, old, old forms of energy cost them, uh, that they would choose the, the clean option uh, every day of the week. And a green bank is capable of delivering uh, that kind of affordable clean energy product to the end user. Uh, and the last uh, major reason I will hasten to add, you know, so we're doing this webinar uh, just days after the National Climate Assessment uh, was released, uh, is, is climate change, where uh, time is not on our side. Uh, and the contribution of, of fossil fuels uh, to climate change is uh, inarguable and dominant. Uh, and there is no uh, solution to mitigate against the most severe impacts of climate change uh, 
uh, without a change in our energy mix. Uh, and uh, we, we aim for this green bank uh, and, uh, and state partners like those being formed in Connecticut, New York, and Vermont, and Hawaii, and elsewhere uh, to assist uh, the U.S. in taking uh, America's clean energy transformation to scale. Um, when you read legislation, there are purposes set forth for the Green Bank. Uh, these are those purposes. Uh, we, we, we want to provide financing support for, for qualifying clean energy and energy efficiency uh, projects. The uh, financing tools available uh, include loans, loan guarantees, debt securitization, insurance, portfolio insurance, uh, some of the other uh, credit enhancements that uh, Jeff referred to. Uh, this is important. Uh, the the uh, the concept of, of complementing um, uh, ex existing tools, uh, interfacing with them seamlessly and uh, efficiently, as well as uh, I, I, we sometimes get concerns articulated about a federal green bank crowding out private capital. I think Jeff put it very well. Uh, the, the point here is not only not to crowd out private capital, it is to draw uh, many orders of magnitude more of it in. Uh, to fill in the, the gaps that exist today in order to take America's clean energy uh, transformation to scale. Uh, a, a real key to that is, is, is developing consistent underwriting standards uh, and standardizing um, all the kinds of things that, that go into uh, uh, getting these types of technologies and projects uh, deployed um, uh, so that they become familiar to private uh, sector actors uh, and, and we can begin doing all of this uh, at scale. Uh, long-term objectives in the bill. Um, in the long term, we think, uh, notwithstanding, uh, 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 you know, the Bakken shale and and, uh, and and fracking and the rest, for for long-term energy security, uh, we're, we're going to need to have uh, a clean, renewable, uh, homegrown sources of energy uh, as our surest form of energy security. I've spoken to climate change, um, energy efficiency, almost always the biggest bang for the buck. Uh, and uh, massive potential there for uh, uh, savings to consumers uh, as, as well as uh, 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 greenhouse gas emissions reductions. Um, we've talked about uh, transitioning to clean energy economy. I should have mentioned, you know, along with that, uh, you know, clean, abundant, affordable, reliable source of clean energy is, uh, we hope, a supply chain, uh, a manufacturing supply chain, and the jobs that go with it. Uh, and this is also important, uh, and one of the reasons why Congressman Van Hollen feels so strongly that we ought to be putting our uh, best foot forward as regards the global clean energy race in the 21st century. We um, we capitalized the Federal Green Bank initially, uh, $10 million of, of green bonds. That's primarily a, a branding uh, issue. Green bonds are uh, uh, indistinguishable from, from treasuries um, uh, in every other respect as regards uh, pricing rates and, and, and maturity. Um, we do authorize, uh, the bank is chartered for 20 years, and over that period of time, we do authorize uh, the Green Bank to have up to a capitalization of $50 billion. So $50 billion uh, of uh, green bonds uh, outstanding at any one time. Uh, and uh, green bonds, because they're indistinguishable from treasuries, do carry the full faith and credit of the United States. This is a new um, uh, provision in, in in, uh, the 2014 version of this legislation, and it reflects the uh, activity and energy and movement uh, going on uh, in the states. Um, of that uh, uh, 50 billion, 
we are explicitly authorizing the Federal Green Bank when it comes into existence to provide uh, low-cost startup capital to any state that wishes to start its own uh, green bank up to $500 million, uh, provided two conditions are met. One, that the uh, matching funds being made available uh, are matched dollar for dollar uh, by the state uh, entity. Uh, and second, that the federal funds being made available are spent consistent with the uh, uh, criteria uh, in the federal law, um, which is uh, flexible enough to uh, be relevant and useful for different regions of our country, uh, but uh, still uh, point us decidedly into the clean energy uh, direction and away from the alternative. Uh, also, um, the Federal Green Bank, in addition to providing uh, low-cost startup funds, uh, can, uh, can co-fund projects with state green banks. So what qualifies as a state green bank? Uh, any independent entity, quasi-independent entity, or entity with a state agency or financing authority. Uh, if it's providing low-cost financing support or credit enhancements to the types of uh, clean energy projects we want to see. Uh, and uh, that can include warehousing and, and securitization, which is part of the recycling uh, that uh, Jeff was describing. How are we defining clean energy projects? Well, here's, here's a list uh, right out of the bill. Um, the uh, list of technologies in the first kind of hash mark there are, is illustrative and not um, uh, exclusive, um, but to give you a sense of uh, what we're talking about. These are, I should take pains to point out, authorized uh, technologies to receive financing support uh, uh, through the Federal Green Bank, uh, but it is none of them are required to receive, receive support. When this thing uh, gets stood up, uh, it will be up to the board uh, and the staff of the Green Bank uh, to uh, you know, manage their capital judiciously on a sort of biggest bang uh, for the buck basis. Uh, we do get questions about nuclear sometimes. Uh, nuclear does appear on the list. Uh, it is, however, it's, it's the one uh, technology uh, where we have an additional requirement, which is that other, uh, there are other uh, forms of subsidy uh, in other laws uh, for nuclear power. Uh, and um, the congressman thought it was appropriate, first of all, to include nuclear as an eligible technology on the list uh, if we're working with the definition of clean energy for purposes of climate change and the like, but also uh, that uh, because there are existing forms of support, that that support be uh, uh, fully expended before uh, a nuclear project could qualify for support from the Federal Green Bank. Uh, energy efficiency, um, this is a pretty straightforward definition of uh, of efficiency, but I do want to point out it does include uh, smart grid uh, projects, which is going to be increasingly important. And uh, one of the areas that the Federal Green Bank, um, to the degree that uh, a, a, a grid is crossing state lines or uh, is of a, of a size that not a single state is going to uh, uh, take a run at it, might fall into that uh, sort of bucket of, of national scale projects that the Federal Green Bank uh, might want to uh, uh, take a look at directly uh, as opposed to um, uh, running uh, or assuming that, that state green banks um, will, will take care of all the opportunities in that area. Forms of financing, we've, we've, we've been through that list. Uh, we're, not, we're not doing 100% loan of value here. We're, we're, we're capping uh, federal green bank um, 
uh, involvement in any one project at 80% of total project capitalization. Uh, we're looking for public-private uh, partnerships and, uh, and instructing the, the board and the staff uh, to uh, provide support or when, when considering whether to uh, provide support uh, to do it on the basis of the three uh, uh, criteria here. Uh, if a private market is not providing uh, adequately low price financing, if it would facilitate construction uh, of, a, of a project at an accelerated rate, uh, and if it uh, supports uh, domestic manufacturing or uh, helps build out the supply chain. In terms of structure and governance, uh, this is an independent, uh, it's federally chartered, but it is an independent, not-for-profit, self-sustaining, wholly-owned corporation of the United States. I mentioned it's chartered for 20 years. Our goal is uh, to put uh, ourselves uh, out of business so that the uh, private market uh, can, can come in and, and carry the freight and, and, and do what needs to be done. Uh, there's a CEO appointed by the president uh, and, and uh, 11 other board of directors, including uh, six uh, treasury secretaries or their, um, I'm sorry, five treasury secretaries or their uh, designees uh, and six members uh, uh, appointed by the president with, uh, with subject matter expertise uh, with uh, initial four-year terms that then become staggered. Um, private sector compensation uh, so that we can attract the kind of talent we need. Um, to uh, be successful uh, with this enterprise. And um, this is a list of original co-sponsors. I'm, uh, no, I'm sorry, this is a list of, uh, of current, uh, which is great. Thank you for, for the update from last time. Uh, in the House uh, and the Senate, uh, a, listen, I'm, I'm sitting here uh, in the Longworth House office building on Capitol Hill. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't make uh, a plea before the end of, uh, of this presentation. Um, to, for those who are interested in this concept and, and uh, to supporting it both for the, uh, the good that it can do at the federal level as well as the partnering that it can do uh, with states that choose to, to set up uh, clean energy financing entities, green banks at the state level, please do uh, uh, contact your representatives uh, and uh, express, the, express your support for the Green Bank Act of 2014, which again is H.R. 4522 in the House and S. 2271 in the Senate, uh, courtesy of uh, uh, Connecticut Senator uh, Chris Murphy. Uh, and with that, I think my, my, my bit on this is done, but I'm, I'm happy to uh, look to the Q&A for uh, answer any questions folks may have. Thanks for including me. Great. Thank you, um, Bill and Jeff, for those uh, presentations. Uh, we do have plenty of uh, questions coming in, so I'll... Uh, I'll start uh, with a question from Jeff about some of the um, some of the state level issues um, that you've run into before we move on to um, uh, the federal bill. So um, first, a sort of a two-part question um, from Evan and Raphael, um, who are looking at the the state model that's kind of been favoured in the last few years in the U.S. and asking. First of all, if there are examples of sub-national green banks outside of the U.S., uh, and secondly, if a green bank could be established by a local township government uh, for that particular township, so at a sort of sub-state level. Right. Good. Uh, good. Good questions. Um, the the question on sub-national green banks in other countries that I'm actually not sure of. There are other countries, uh, the U.K. Uh, Germany, Australia have have national organizations. Uh, I'm not familiar with subnational ones, but that that would be a really good uh, corollary corollary to, to state level. 
that's something uh, we should learn about if they're out there. Um, and the second question, uh, yeah, that's a, a really good question. There are, um, there's definitely opportunity for green bank organizations uh, below the state level that are either um, regional within a state or across state or municipal or uh, county level. Uh, and we've, we've kind of run, in, run into these organizations in states that, uh, not surprisingly, are, are, are not um, politically inclined to take a really active role in clean energy markets. Uh, and the, the federal bill, to, to wrap into that, the federal bill is actually structured in a way that uh, the matching funds that uh, Bill referred to can actually be given to a, a sub-state level organization. Uh, so I think that there's uh, the, there's plenty of opportunity for that, and specifically, I think that there's a lot of know-how uh, for this kind of financing at the municipal level, specifically with uh, community development uh, finance authorities that are well practiced in issuing bonds, for instance, and, and drawing in uh, public capital to uh, to support uh, projects that actually generate return. Uh, so there's uh, plenty of opportunity for sub-state level green banks. Great. Um, okay, the next, sorry, I'm just getting a little bit of echo here. Could uh, could Bill and Jeff just make sure that you're, um, uh, you've muted your microphones? I think, I think that's better. Um, Okay, there's, uh, Sasha had a question for Bill. Um, do other energy storage technologies and projects qualify uh, in this bill? Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, um, uh, the answer is um, twofold. Uh, to the degree that a, a, a storage, well, I'll in order, I'll put it this way, in order for um, uh, energy storage, I can imagine fact patterns where energy storage uh, would qualify. But uh, in order to qualify, it would uh, have to meet the definition in the legislation of either a qualified clean energy um, uh, project uh, or an energy efficiency, qualifying uh, energy efficiency product, uh, uh, project. So if it's, if it's reducing, if it's being deployed in a manner that reduces um, uh, consumption from uh, what otherwise would be occurring, uh, uh, then uh, that we would meet the the energy efficiency definition. Uh, if it is part and parcel of a, uh, uh, a renewable uh, uh, energy uh, uh, project, you know, typically storage is the, the thought to be most useful when you have intermittent technologies of, you know, solar technology where the sun's not shining at night or wind where uh, it, the wind isn't always blowing. Um, one could imagine uh, a, a federal green bank financing uh, uh, supporting deployment of energy storage in connection with uh, a qualifying uh, clean energy uh, uh, project. Um, I, I, will, I will hasten to say, however, that all, all of these uh, sort of eligible technologies are um, authorized but not required. And at, at the end of the day, operationally, the, the board and staff of the green bank are going to have to figure out um, uh, on a bank for buck basis, uh, how to deploy their uh, uh, what we think is is a, uh, uh, an important and meaningful uh, 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 level of capital here, but um, uh, clearly not uh, unlimited. 
Thanks, Bill. Okay, so we have uh, another question. Um, this one's from Lenny. Uh, it's for Bill, but I think uh, Jeff, you, you might may also have some opinions on this. Um, he says it, it seems like there would be good synergy between a federal and state green banks, uh, but do you see any conflicts between um, between federal and state levels? Uh, I'll take a stab at it and then let let Jeff jump in. Uh, no, I don't. I, 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 we think about them uh, more uh, uh, complementarily, and uh, in that regard, um, uh, I think the inclusion of the provisions here, setting forth what we what we mean by state uh, state green banks, uh, and and providing authority for startup uh, funds coming from the federal green bank flowing through to the state green banks, is a recognition that as a practical matter. Um, you know, this is a big country. Um, uh, sometimes decisions uh, and allocation decisions are going to be better made uh, at a more local level. Uh, and uh, it, in that regard, I know Congressman Van Hollen thinks that uh, it, it is really enthused and welcomes uh, the activity of the states, but also, um, you know, as we as we refine our product here, really feels like. Um, uh, the, the inclusion in this uh, 2014 introduction uh, of the partnering authority of the uh, uh, the startup uh, uh, fund authority uh, is an represents an improvement in this bill over what we were we were doing in 2009 and and, and is likely to result in, uh, in you know uh, limited funds being spent uh, as effectively as possible because uh, some decisions are better made uh, at the state and local level. Uh, and, and conversely, smart grid being a great example, some may be uh, too big for that, uh, and, and that's where a, a federal green bank might come in. You know, also securitization. One can imagine that the federal green bank um, uh, of buying up a lot of individual loans uh, that originate. Again, we talked about the standardization and so forth. Uh, uh, once that takes hold uh, and uh, the underwriting is, is standardized in a known quantity, one can imagine some of this recycling beginning to occur. Uh, with the Federal Green Bank using its capital uh, to buy up and to securitize um, home energy efficiency retrofit uh, loans, uh, which um, then replenish the, uh, the capital at the state uh, level uh, and, and provide a, uh, ultimately a new asset class to invest in uh, for investors and become part of that recycling dynamic that uh, Jeff described. Yeah, and just just to add to that, I think that you know the the two potential limitations on how states and federal could operate together would be around the definition of a state green bank and the definition of a qualifying project. And clearly, from from the legislation, these are pretty broad. Um, in fact, the, the the kinds of projects that are listed as as viable uh, under the federal legislation is actually quite a bit broader than what any green bank has actually done already. Um, so it seems. Uh, Unlikely that a federal that federal green bank money can end up constraining state activity. Uh, the one potential area that I think that there could be some some discrepancy is actually relates to a broader question that I should have brought up earlier. Uh, a lot of people ask, uh, can green banks also support um, you know developing technologies that are not uh, you know at commercial scale yet? Uh, the answer that um, the answer I give is. Yes, they can. That's that's not what green banks have been built for to date, and it's a it's a little bit of a different model. Um, 
it's effectively you know a difference between a bank that is operating like a bank and expecting to make its money back and can expect to make uh, consistent returns versus uh, something that looks a little bit closer to a venture capital fund where uh, there's a reasonable assumption that that money will be lost either in uh, you know whether it's early stage technology or uh, bringing something to to scale. Uh, you know I think it's just a, a different operation, different cash flows, different staff strength. Uh, the Federal Green Bank is, is not focused on that part of uh, market development. It is clearly focused on uh, deploying commercially viable and commercially proven technologies. Uh, again, a state could choose to do uh, to focus a little bit more on early stage, but that would be an area where the, the federal and state would have to kind of operate in a more siloed fashion. Great. Um, okay, the next question um, comes from Eric, um, who wants to know um, whether uh, either of you are worried that money will flow into uh, projects either very small like rooftop solar or very large like uh, utility scale uh, energy um, that would otherwise be able to finance um, regardless um, and whether there's uh, really uh, how you direct um, green banks towards the mid-sized uh, particularly energy efficiency projects that seem to be underserved uh, in today's market right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. Um, it's it's a it's a really critical question, obviously, and um, uh, the the answer is basically just discipline and focus. Uh, and as an example, um, so the new as I referred to the New York Green Bank uh, put out an RFP. Um, there's three primary conditions for uh, qualifying for funding from the New York Green Bank. Uh, the first is that the project uh, generates a return. As I said, the Green Bank is not in the subsidy business; they need to actually make return. The project needs to address clean energy technologies that uh, have a, an impact on climate change. And the third uh, piece of criteria is that the project facilitates capital market transformation, uh, which is uh, you know, not easy to, to quantify, but is clearly aimed at ensuring that projects are getting funded that wouldn't get done otherwise. Um, so to give a, a very, very, very clear example of what that looks like, um, maybe a, a third-party solar lease uh, company uh, approaches the Green Bank and says, hey, right now we're willing to offer financing to any customer with a credit score uh, down to 700. If we get a credit enhancement from the Green Bank, we can go down to 650 or 600, whatever. I'm, I'm making up the numbers. Uh, that could be an opportunity for a Green Bank to, to, to play that specifically is is doing something that would not happen if, if not for the Green Bank. Um, I think it's a really concrete example. I mean, it, it gets more gray than that, uh, but the, the, question, the question is, is spot-on and is exactly what the Green Bank needs to be focused on. There needs to be a clear understanding of what this project would look like if there was not Green Bank financing involved and would it happen at all and at what cost um, because, uh, as the question implies, there's there is no need to be putting public funds into financing things that are uh, that have billions and billions of dollars behind them already. I think that's right. I, I'll I'll um, I'll just add that the federal legislation explicitly conditions the extension of support from the Green Bank on a 
uh, uh, a conclusion that uh, adequately low-priced financing uh, is not otherwise available. Um, but the question is very legitimate, uh, A, because if, if you uh, if you get that wrong, you are now uh, in, a, in a crowd out or sort of a redundant uh, kind of situation. Um, but uh, uh, also, um, we're, we're trying to get stuff. This, the best answer to the question, I guess, is it's exactly the right question. It's, it's, it, we, we have spent a lot of time thinking about it, and we thus far haven't gotten don't know how to do this any better than to put within the four corners of the bill um, that doing stuff that would otherwise uh, happen is, 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 is not what this is for. Uh, and the degree to which we're sort of faithful to that is it becomes an operational question, as, you know, as Jeff put it, it becomes, it becomes the, the discipline of how this gets executed. But the, the, you know, the, the issue and the, the conclusion around that issue is crystal clear and, 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 and stated explicitly within the four corners of the bill, then it, once we get this thing stood up, it becomes a question of um, you know, uh, living by it and, and uh, deploying capital uh, consistent with it. And just to, to, to answer the, the logical follow-up question of like what, what does it mean to be reasonably priced capital, um, capital that's priced commensurate with the, the amount of risk underlying. Um, part of that requires just more time and data, but uh, you know, capital that asks for a, a, an amount of return that matches the, the underlying risk is when, uh, when a green bank can, can step out of the way. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, the next question kind of builds on that uh, from Carol. Uh, do you see green banks as institutions that will be around indefinitely? Uh, or eventually would they create enough of a market that the private sector would take over the role that the banks play? The goal is absolutely and explicitly the latter. Uh, and again, that's reflected within the four corners of the federal legislation by chartering the Federal Green Bank for just 20 years. Uh, and we, we think that if we, if we do this correctly and we can get the full allocation of, of $50 billion put to work, and we can draw in the capital and leverage other non-federal sources, whether it's uh, you know state or local funds, or uh, primarily uh, private uh, sector investment uh, into this area. Um, that by that point, the, the green bank will be able to uh, step back, close its doors, declare victory, uh, and have the uh, private sector take over uh, to finance. Uh, America's clean energy transformation. That that is the very explicit goal of the federal legislation. Great. Uh, okay. The next question um, comes from uh, Evan, um, who's wondering if you tried to attract Republican co-sponsors for the bill. Uh, if so, what was their response, and do you see potential in the future for bipartisan support? Uh, so the answer is, uh, um, we, uh, as a practical matter, um, particularly given the makeup of the of the current Congress, um, this cannot and will not become law unless we can attract Republican support. Uh, 
Now, if the if the composition of the Congress uh, changes in a material way, that is, you know, that assessment may also change. But for the moment, we have to operate on the basis that, that this is going to require uh, uh, a bipartisan support, which is support that we had as recently as five years ago, uh, and it is something that I think all of us who are interested. Um, uh, in America's clean energy transformation and in the use of this kind of tool uh, to get that done, uh, need to work uh, at building. I, in the near term here, uh, just yesterday, for those who follow energy efficiency, the Shaheen Portman uh, bill, which is a, a good bill, but uh, I think by any standard, a meaningfully more modest initiative than this one, uh, failed in the Senate. Uh, even if it had passed the Senate, it's not clear to me that uh, the House of Representatives uh, necessarily would have taken it up this year. So I, I'm not Pollyannish about this. I do think we have our work cut out for us. Uh, and you know, there, there, are, there are some who still feel like there is short-term political advantage to gain from demagoguing uh, things like uh, the Solyndra. Um, I think we need to get past that. Um, I think that, that, that gum is going to lose its flavor sooner rather than later. Um, and uh, that when we look at the challenge in front of us, uh, what has to be accomplished, uh, and the available tools to, to get that job done, um, we can begin to rebuild uh, and ultimately fully form the kind of bipartisan support we're going to need to get this um, uh, enacted into law. Great. Um, so we are running close to the uh, the time limit, but we did start a few minutes late. So I think we'll have time for a couple more questions. Um, we've got one here from uh, Judy, uh, who was wondering if the word bank implies that the institution would need to be established under all traditional federal or state banking regulations, uh, or if the word bank is being used in a more um, loosely defined context here. Yeah, that's a it's a good question. That 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 comes up from time to time. Um, yeah, in in the most literal sense, no, this is not a bank because it doesn't it doesn't take deposits from uh, from individuals. Um, these really are a little bit more like uh, investment funds. Um, so it, it's it, it seems unlikely that they would have to fall under any specific uh, regulations. I mean, Bill, do you have a thought on that on the federal end? I, I do. I mean, the, the the first answer is both. You know, for for any legislation, um, it it's going to have to speak to uh, how the entity being uh, stood up is to be regulated. Um, the answer to uh, to, the, to the question being asked in this instance is no. The bank is being used um, uh, in in a more of a uh, uh, colloquial uh, manner here. Um, not unlike discussion of uh, you know the national infrastructure banks and so forth, um, the and as and as a practical matter, um, uh, when the green bank gets the federal green bank gets stood up, um, uh, no, it it is not subject to um, uh, bank regulation in the way the the, the question envisions. And for the states, uh, I, I I I think it, it's useful to ask the question because for states considering standing up these entities. Um, it would probably behoove them to, uh, if they have clarity on what they intend, uh, to actually write that in the enabling legislation uh, so that the question is asked and answered uh, in the bill that passes. Um, and that will serve as the answer to the very good question, uh, depending on what entity you're talking about. 
Okay, uh, so I think we have one, time for one last question. Um, this is for Bill, but again, uh, Jeff, if you have any thoughts, please jump in. Uh, it comes from Edward. Um, and he asked what the implications for this proposal are um, in the fact that uh, a coalition of private banks has launched a set of green bond principles. Green bond issuance is expanding rapidly, uh, and this would suggest that the Green Bank proposed should begin to focus more on guarantees and other high leverage products. Um, interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I, um, we, uh, it's, it's, it's a very good question. Um, uh, we envision and we charge the Federal Green Bank with deploying its capital on the, the most cost-effective basis possible. Uh, having said that, we, we do give it authority to engage in a full suite of, uh, of, of possible forms of financing support. Uh, having said that, just to you know, deal with the issue at hand, um, you know, uh, if, if, if the Federal Green Bank were to choose, in, in the same way, there's sort of a, a continuum here, right? Uh, in the same way that a grant um, is, uh, doesn't leverage a whole lot um, or a, as much as some other things, um, uh, a, a, if, the, if, the bank, if the Green Bank chooses to uh, invest its capital in the form of a loan, okay, well, then, then that, that capital is committed to that project in, in, in the form of a loan. Um, if it had a choice on the same project um, to, to get that project done using a loan guarantee, okay, now you're getting a lot more leverage, a lot more cost-effective use uh, of capital. Uh, uh, an increasing number of, uh, of, uh, of state green banks are using loan loss reserves. Um, that can also be a highly efficient use of, of limited capital. So we, we, wanted, we didn't want to prejudge um, what, uh, what the Green Bank uh, might find in terms of people approaching it to do projects and, and what might be required to get those projects done. But we're very cognizant of the fact that, that funds are limited, that um, maximizing cost-effective use of those funds is imperative. Uh, and what that, what that you know, explicitly dictates is if you can get a project done with a loan guarantee rather than a loan, that's what you do. Uh, or if you can find some other credit enhancement to preserve uh, a capital so you can do more with it, then that's what you do. Um, but we didn't want to preclude the possibility that uh, a loan, for example, uh, might be appropriate in some circumstances. Um, so, I, you know, it, we're, we're sitting here in 2014, uh, in May 2014, we don't, you know, hopefully there's going to be some phenomenal things happening in the next five years. So we could have, be having this conversation five years from now. And, and particularly if we're successful with this, the marketplace uh, may have changed radically, in which case we can even get more leverage uh, out of these funds. And that's our, and that's our hope. So yes, um, a, a successfully run green bank will be paying exquisite attention to what's going on uh, in the private market uh, and aiming to support and, and, and optimize uh, and draw in further private support, uh, but not spend money where it, where it doesn't have to or where the private sector is already meeting the need. And just to, just to add to that, to the um, to the green the specific green bond movement overall, um, I, again we we view that as very complementary as a way to to draw in private sector funds. Um, I didn't touch on it in the presentation, but if you look at a list of the ways that a, a state level green bank could be capitalized, it could very well be by issuing bonds that are uh, directly supported by the underlying projects themselves that maybe aren't actually um, backed by by the government. Um, 
there, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of there's been a lot of discussion among large financial institutions around coalescing around protocols for green bonds, and I think that's wonderful. I think that's that's a sign that the really large institutional investors are 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 kind of preparing themselves to move into the space uh, more fully. Uh, I I do think that there it will take a little bit of time for those. Uh, Actors to start moving, and I think uh, green banks are are ready to go here and now. Um, but I, I do think that green bonds as a, as a way of bringing in private capital are a really excellent tool that um, should not be excluded from the the the, uh, the war chest for for green banks. Great. Well, I think that's um, that's a good place to leave it. Um, that's all. We are out of time today. Um, so first I'd like to thank Bill and Jeff for what's been a fantastic presentation. I'd like to thank everyone um, for listening in. And uh, I'd like to remind everyone that today's talk will be available online through the Yale Center for Business and the Environment website. Uh, please keep an eye out for an invitation for our next webinar, uh, which will be co-hosted by the Sea Action Network and the Lawrence Berkeley National Lab and cover on-bill financing of energy efficiency programs. This is Michael Puckett from the Yale Center for Business and the Environment saying so long from New Haven, Connecticut.